So I have in my heart this morning to start a brand new series, and the name of the series is Abound. If you look at the scriptures, you will see several times the word abound. Abounding in love, abounding in faith, abounding in vision. Now the definition for abound is manifold, so let me just share with you. It means to be copiously supplied, to be fully supplied, or to be filled. Some synonyms and related words are abundance, ample, fruitfulness, galore, generosity, lavish, manifold, profuse, rich, superabundant, and teeming. Now, Father, as we approach your word, we approach it humbly. I pray, Lord God, that you would give every one of us ears to hear and eyes to see. Holy Spirit, speak to us through the book. Speak to us by your Spirit. Things way out beyond ourselves, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to acknowledge you in all of our ways. Help us, Lord, to come up into this abundant life that Jesus has so graciously provided for us. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said amen. Amen. So I want to start this morning in John chapter 10. And I want you to notice in verse 10, St. John chapter 10 and in verse 10 says the thief. Well, we know that Jesus is not the thief. So we see that the thief comes but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come. I like that. The I am said I am come. Well, what has the great I am, hallelujah, that I am come for? that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, copiously, teamed over, extravagant, generous kind of life. And now receiving eternal life is absolutely the most miraculous incident that can happen in a person's life. It is God's nature, it is his substance, and it is is his very being Uh, ingested or ministered into our human spirits. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. He said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or he is a new creation and that old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Now, Paul is not talking about the body of man that has become a new creation. Now, when you were born again, if you had black hair before you got saved, I got news for you, you got black hair after you were saved. Unless you've gotten a little older and have silver hair like me. Silver hair is pretty distinguished for a 65-year-old. I'd rather have silver hair than I better not say it. Never mind. Now, if you thought the same way, or if you thought one way before you were saved, unless you got your mind renewed, you're thinking the same way after you're born again. And that's why he said to be not conformed to this world, but we are to be transformed or changed by the renewing of our minds. And so as you take God's word... 
And as you receive the word of God into your heart, it becomes implanted and engrafted, and it is able to save, to restore, and to renew your soul, which is your mind, your will, and emotions. There are a lot of people in the body of Christ whose minds are not renewed. But that's not you, and that's not me. We are becoming conformed to the image of his dear son, learning to think like, look like, act like, and talk just like Jesus. If any man is in Christ, I'm not looking at a bunch of old Star Wars bar citizens. I'm not looking at people that are down and out. I'm looking at new creations. I'm looking at people that are created in the image and in the likeness of God. Now notice what it says. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or a new creation. And old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Now it makes no sense for you to think about what you used to be and what you used to do. Because the old man is passed away. I got news for you. You are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And you will not make any progress by looking in the rear view mirror of your life. But you will only progress as you go from glory to glory, keeping your eyes on Jesus. The old guilt, the old condemnation, the old drug addict, the old alcoholic, the old person is passed away. And all things have become new. And so let us begin to look at our lives through the word and through the lens of redemption and through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in the book of Revelation, he said this. That we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. What that's the saying is this, is add your confession to what the blood of Jesus has done for you. Add your testimony to the fact that the blood has been shed, that you've been justified, that you've been made righteous, and you can live in the presence of God as if sin never existed before. Say with me, the blood, the blood, the blood. The blood has been shed. I plead the blood in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And so he's talking about this inward man. Now, Jesus Christ did come to save us from hell, but he didn't come only to save you from hell. He came to deliver you from hell on earth. He came to deliver you from the hellish things that demons, evil spirits, tie to present themselves to you. Jesus came to dissolve, to annihilate the works of Satan in your life. Amen. He did more than come to introduce a sense of philosophy or a sense of morality. He came not only to give you quantity of life, but he came to give you quality of life it is zoe everyone say zoe Zoe. declare this zoe life is the god quantity and the god quality 
of life. Bear with me. I'll kick in here in a minute. This is my second barbecue this morning already. Amen. That's why it's important for you to pull with me. Amen. How many of you are believing with me today? Oh, glory to God. This life, this God kind of life, it's what puts sparkle in your eyes. <coughs> it can be manifest in your mortal body. It can quicken you. Not only that, but it can make you smart. Now, I know what I'm talking about. Because before I was born again, I was as muy estupido. Now, notice I said stupido, not do. The D in Spanish is silent. Everyone says stupido. I was really stupid. I actually just didn't apply myself very well. Uh, my first report card when I was a senior in high school was four F's and a D minus. And I got the D minus in religion. So I felt like the Lord maybe said, well, there's hope for him yet. But no, just wasn't applied myself, was interested in other things. I was declared scholastically ineligible in high school basketball. I was the co-captain of the basketball team. And i never forget the day that the head coach went around the classrooms to see if I was going to make a 2.0. I was, I'm telling you, I was nervous in the service. I was nervous in the classroom. I was just hoping, man, to make a C average. And I came up with a 2.2. Now, that was before I was born again. Now, after I got saved, amen, the Lord gave me the mind of Christ. The Lord quickened my mind. He made me quick. I went from D's to A's. Hallelujah. I went from being lazy to being a diligent person. Why? Because someone on the inside was helping my mind. Someone on the inside was quickening my soul. And he is no respecter of persons. Don't you ever sell yourself short just because you don't have a college education. Don't you sell yourself short just because you don't have a Ph.D. You got a Ph.D., but you just don't recognize it. Ph.D. means you praise him daily. Amen. Don't you sell yourself short just because wrong words were spoken over you as a youth or even as a teenager. I'm telling you, the word of the Lord declares that you have a sound mind, that you have the mind of Christ and the life of God. It can be made manifest in your mortal flesh. Say it with me. I got the life of God in me. I got his life, his nature, and his ability. This life will put joy in your voice. This life, this Zoe life will get you up on a Monday morning. This life, glory to God, will put you on 880, speaking in tongues and praising God. Though I drive through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
You are for me. But not only that, you are in me. Hallelujah. He lives on the inside of us. This life, this Zoe kind of life in you will put you over in life. Now, the word abundant means exceeding. It means over and above. It means superabundance. It's not just enough, but this abundant life that Jesus came to give you is more than, more than enough. How many of you ever heard of Mr. Strong, the Strong's Concordance of Greek words? He says that this word abundant, it means this, superabundant in quantity, superior in quality, and by implication, excessive. You know, about the time you start using the word excessive, the religious feathers get ruffled sometimes. Well, bless God, Pastor, I don't want to be excessive. I want to have just enough to make it by. You selfish thing, you. You want to have just enough for you, your four and no more? That's not the will of God. It is the will of God for you to have enough, but more than enough, so that you can have abundance to give and abundance to sow. Amen. I do not want to be an heir, and you can get an heir when it comes to money and prosperity, but I do want to have excess in my life. I want to experience excessive joy. I want to experience excessive peace. I want to experience excessive strength. How about you? I want to experience the God kind, the God quality, the excessive kind of marriage. That is the will and the plan of God for your life. Ephesians, the third chapter and the 20th verse. Let's look over there. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Say it with me. For the Lord is good, and His mercy, it endureth forever. Now, before we go into that, let's just camp on this word excess a little bit more. Everyone say excess is the will of God. Now, what you have to ask yourself for when you talk about excess and an excessive is What is this excessive God kind of life for? What is this full and abounding life that Jesus came? What is it for? What's it for? Did you know this? That people in your life, people around you, are only getting from you what you're full of? And so it's extremely important to ask yourself, what am I full of? I didn't say, what are you full of? Now, my wife, she does not need Pastor Mark to be full of himself. That's probably one of the greatest reasons for divorce is people are too full of themselves to think of the other person. To be full of yourself means to be selfish, to think only of yourself, 
to think only of what your needs might be. So people around us, people in your family are only getting from you what you're full of. You know, if you're, if you're full of anger, that's what your family's getting. We better move on. The community that we live in, the city of Hayward, does not need a church that simply walks around and struts their stuff and talks about how great they are and all that they have and all that they can do. The community around us doesn't need to be full of ourselves. The community around us needs to see a church that's full of Jesus. And a church that is full of Jesus and a church that is abounding with the life of God will have the resources to be a blessing in that community. Out of our church should be flowing rivers of living water. Out of this church into the community should be flowing the life of God, the ministry of Jesus that heals, that blesses, and that lifts people. Amen. Our community needs us to be at our best. Our community, this Bay Area, needs you and I to be at our very best. Not so concerned about what's going on in our lives. Jesus is concerned about that. But I've discovered this. When you get yourself on the giving end of life, some way, somehow, it shall be given unto you. When you purpose in your heart to be a conduit and a vessel of divine healing and divine encouragement, you're going to receive healing. You're going to receive encouragement. God will see to it that your needs are met. The fuller we are of Him, the better a church we will be. The fuller you are of Him as a husband, the better husband you will be. The fuller you are of Him as a wife, the better wife you will be. And that's the problem. We have too many Christians that are not full of Jesus, but they're full of other things. And as a result, because they have their lives filled with so many things of this world, the cares of this life, so many missed priorities, there's very little room for him. And that is a problem. That is a big problem in the body of Christ. But you and I, I'm persuaded of better things of us. Are you persuaded of better things of yourself? (laughs) Hallelujah. Now notice with me in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. What are you full? Are you full of care? What you're full of is transferable. If you're a person that's full of fear, constantly talking about, thinking about how bad things are, and that's coming out of you as a regular part of your life, the people around you are literally going to sense that. Fear is transferable. Just like the spirit of faith is transferable. We have been given not the spirit of fear, But you and I have been given the spirit 
of what? Of faith. The opposite of faith is fear. Amen? And you can yield yourself either to fear or you can yield yourself to faith. Amen? And as a result, whatever you are full of is going to be transferable. I believe this. Encouraged people are full of hope. I said it this way. I'll say it this way. Encouraged people are full of supernatural divine hope. Discouraged people cannot encourage other people. It is only those who are encouraged in the Lord and who are filled with hope that can go into their world, that can through their lives be an encouragement and be a blessing and be a lifter of people. That is why David could not go out and pursue the enemies that overcame them in the city of Ziklag until he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. It is those who are encouraged in the Lord that will be a blessing in this day and in this hour. It is those that are filled with all the fullness of God that will have the richest measure of His divine presence in them and on them, and it shall flow through them. So stay full of Him. Stay full of the Word. Stay full of the Spirit. Yea, even lay aside those things that have become weights in your life. Lay aside those cares. Lay aside those worries. Yea, saith the Lord, rise up in me. Lift up your voice and lift up your hands and rejoice. For I am your master and I will fill you through and through. And you shall be a blessing unto many. Amen. Amen. Now notice in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. And it is a full-time job to stay full. It's a full-time job to stay full. I'm not talking about natural food. I'm talking about spiritual food. Because you have you discovered that there are a million and one things and distractions will try to pull you away from the Word. That's why you've got to be very careful about iPads, iPhones, computers, and all those things. Especially texting while you're driving. That can end your life just like that. Muy estupido. But it, it's, a, it's a proven fact that once you allow one of those gadgets to distract you, I mean, you may be reading the Word. It happens to me all the time. And all of a sudden, ding, or this thought comes, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, check this, check that. How many of you know the devil's busy? He's not interested in you in getting fresh manna from heaven. He's not interested in you in getting your daily bread. He's not interested in you praying. So they say that, Once you're distracted by something like that, it takes 20 minutes to get back to get refocused. Think about that. We live in an unfocused generation. We live in a society that is so bent on all that they have and all that they can do. I mean, from Instagram to Twitter to I don't know what. And I'm not against any of those things, but what I am against is those things taking their place from your heart that only should belong to God. Amen. 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 That's 
What are you full of? Ephesians, the third chapter, the 20th verse. Notice this with me. It says, now unto him that is able. Say with me, my God's able. What is he able to do? Well, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above what? All that we ask or think. I know for one thing, Pastor Mark needs to think bigger. And I know another thing, Pastor Mark needs to believe bigger. If I need to think bigger and I need to believe bigger, chances are you need to do the same thing. We must not limit ourselves to our past experiences. We must not limit ourselves to the things that we have or the things that we've experienced up to this point. We must get our sights set on him and know that he is able, he is willing to do way out beyond all that we can ask or think. Now notice with me, but it is now in direct proportion to something very, very important. Read it with me. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to what according to the word working in you according to your faith working in you in other words according to what you're full of that's true that's right good point it's not a question of whether god can or will the question is are we able to receive Are we able to receive? And the more fuller we are of him and of his word, and the more actively we're operating in faith, the more power that we will have working in us, and the more we will experience the exceeding glory to God, greatness of his power in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Lord. I'm hungry for that. I'm hungry. I believe this that the capacity to receive is not dependent on him. The capacity to receive is dependent on me. The capacity to receive from him has much to do with what I allow in my life and what I am full of in my heart. If my heart is divided, if I've got one foot in Christ and one foot in the world, I'm not going to experience the exceeding. Amen. If I'm approaching this just what I can get from him rather than having him, I will not experience the exceeding. But oh, thank God he's able. I said he's able. He's able. And so many people have said, well, how come... You know, this person over here, they, they just seem like they're, they're just so blessed all the time. What, what, what's going on there? Does, does, does God love them more than he loves me? No, it could be that they have allowed him more room in their life and they have more ability to receive from him. And I can't tell you what to do. I'm not here to scold you, but I am telling you, that those that will seek first the kingdom of God. And only those. Those are the ones 
that will experience an addition of the blessing and the goodness of God in their life. You ought to say with both hands high in the air, that's me, Lord. That's me. And you know something? If that hasn't been you, just be honest about it. It's not between you and me, but it's between you and the Lord. And I found this out, that you can make adjustments just like that. And that things can turn quickly for you. Amen. Say it to me, my God's able. And my God is willing to do more than more than enough for me. So this means more than more than enough, beyond measure. It also means limitless, exceeding, and surpassing. Now look at John 10.10 in the Amplified Version. John 10th chapter and 10th verse. It says that the thief cometh not only for to steal and to kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have and just grin and bear life. No, no, thank God that you might have and enjoy life and have an abundance, read it, to the full until it overflows. I want to pay particular attention to that word enjoy there. Did you know that the word enjoy means to savor? It also means to relish. I got thinking about this the other day. You know, back in 1977, Brenda Raylene Edwards married a guy by the name of Mark Francis Thomas. Now, never call me Brother Francis, please. He took a guy from the north, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and, and connected him with a girl from Pawnee County, Oklahoma. And I asked her to marry me, and she said, yes, verily. And I've been blessed ever since. But now... July 22nd, 1977, we got married in a fever. And we got married at the First Assembly of God Church in Skidi, Oklahoma. And we said, I do. And we had a little cake and punch. And man, we were in a hurry to get out of there. But we had this little fellow by the name of Ricky Edwards. And his little brother, Randy, who were notorious for grabbing the bride before she got in the car and taking off with them so that the groom was looking all over town. But I told you now, I was quick and bright and I had the mind of Christ. I got me a pair of handcuffs. Stand up, honey. And I cuffed my little bride right there. And we headed toward the car, and they tried to grab her. I said, no way, boys. I got her now. I got her now, and I'm going to keep her. Been married 39 years, and she's a keeper. Thank you, Jesus. You talk about life. So anyway, the big-time spender. So Pawnee, Oklahoma, is about 60 miles away from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I scraped up enough money to get a room at the Hilton, the honeymoon suite. What you talking about? Had Barry White in the background and everything. Never mind, never mind. (laughs) 
so. Brenda says, I'm hungry. I said, where you want to go, baby? <laughs> so we stopped at the Sonic. We stopped at the Sonic in Cleveland. And man, the big time spender ordered up some tater tots. <laughs> a cherry lime made. And maybe a little cheeseburger. That's exactly what she wanted. And I'm glad it was cheap. So, Friday, you remember how windy it was Friday in the, in the Bay Area? And, you know, Brenda was going to cook, and, and, you know, I didn't really feel like eating at home, and she didn't really feel like cooking. Any ladies ever been there before? You didn't feel like cooking? Well, after this illustration, you won't feel like cooking, believe me. So I said, okay, honey, let's go out. The big time spender is going to take you out. And we had been thinking about hot dogs all day long. How many of you have ever just had to have a hot dog before? And we were just, we were hungry for hot dogs. Where should we go? And so, bing, I said, let's go to Sonic. So we piled into the SUV and we drove over to Mission Street and we ordered us some hot dogs. And I'm telling you, they were good. But I wanted another one. And she wanted another one. So I said, okay, we'll order this. We'll order the pretzel dog, make sure it's got plenty of mustard on it. But then we'll order the Chicago dog. Now, a Chicago dog is a good hot dog if it's done right. And so the pretzel dog was no good, and we didn't want to eat it. But here comes a Chicago dog with tomatoes and pickles, and mustard, and all sorts of relish on it. Fresh bread. Getting hungry yet? And I took a bite of that, and Brenda said, no, I don't want any, I don't want any, I don't. I said, oh, this is so good. She says, here, give me a bite. And so we split the Chicago dog that had relish. I have never and will never order a hot dog without mustard or ketchup or something to put on it. Nobody that I know likes a plain old hot dog. It's bland. And when you think about the life that Jesus Christ came you to give, he didn't come to give us a bland, dry, dead, gray, medium gray. He came to give us a life with relish on it. He came to give us life to enjoy. He gave us a family to enjoy. He gave you a church to enjoy. He wants you to enjoy life. Rejoice with the wife of your youth. Chase her around the house. Relish your relationships. Relish your friendships. Save her life. It's the only life you have. If you wake up on Monday morning all bummed out, you're not going to be a blessing to anybody. Get up in the morning and start making some declarations. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. What you're doing is you're applying relish to Monday morning. Glory to God. Get up and live life. You know, we had a real busy day on uh, Tuesday. We are in meetings all day long. And I'll just be frank with you, I did not want to preach Wednesday night. So I had someone replace me Wednesday night. And so what the man of God did and his wife, 
we went over to Half Moon Bay. And we went on to the golf course. And I'm telling you what, we, I golfed almost 18 holes. And there's a picture you can see sometime of me overlooking the ocean as if I'm looking for a ball. And Brenda's taking the picture. I got a post from someone that says, that's a pretty big sand trap. And it was. And uh, I lost, now listen, I lost that day 14 golf balls. 14! Now, when I was in my 30s, I would have been pouting and complaining and whining. One day we went golfing. I got so mad. We were golfing with people I didn't even know. I teed off and the ball went the other way. I took my club and went through in the woods. That's how it was. I wasn't relishing life. But Brenda's in the, in the golf cart and she's ridiculing me and making fun of me. And we are just laughing to our heart's desire. I'm just enjoying life. And I think there's some of you here today that need to stop taking yourself so seriously and start enjoying your life. Put a little bit of relish on it. Enjoy life. Years ago, you know, a missionary, uh, and I'm not done yet. You all right with that? missionary uh, wanted the people in that country to have some ice cream. They'd never had ice cream before. And so somehow he got ice cream shipped over there, and there was a lady that took a bite of the ice cream, and she threw it on the ground. She said, anything that tastes that good must be sin. (laughs) And there are people that are so sanctified and think they're so holy They think that if you're enjoying life at all, it's probably sin. I'm going to tell you, not so. God wants you to enjoy life. And I want to close with a couple of thoughts. So how many of you give me five more minutes? All right, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17. 1 uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17. We're just getting over into the edge of this word abound. This is just a a very, very uh, introductory message to this word, abound. I believe that we are going to abound in grace. That we as a church are going to abound in hope. Not only that, but we are going to abound in our love for one another. And even in a greater way. We are not only going to abound in that, but we're going to abound in the blessings of God. And we're going to learn how to do it. It's tied directly to your faithfulness. Amen. Amen. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 17, it says this. Charge them that are what? Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded. In other words, full of pride. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Look what I've achieved. No. Nor trust in uncertain riches. How many of you know that riches can be very uncertain? Now, right now, we're in a, in a housing market that is going through the ceiling. It's unbelievable what they're asking for homes right now in the Bay Area. 
But we experienced something in 08, we experienced something in 2000 that I hope we never experience again. But if it does, our trust is not in the economy. In the Depression, when that took place and that happened, people literally jumped out of buildings and committed suicide because they had so much faith in their bankroll. Joy and life and peace and enjoyment of life does not come in a 401k, a 403b, or how much your house is worth. Your life is not dependent upon and measured upon money. It's measured upon what Jesus has done for you. It is measured upon the blood of Jesus. And my prayer is and my hope is that every one of you prosper in all areas of your life. But the very foundation must be this. We cannot trust in chariots. We cannot trust in horses. We must remember the name of the Lord our God and put all of our trust and our confidence in Him. Say with me, my trust and my confidence is in Him. And when we as a church carry ourselves with that, I mean in reality, the people are going to come in from everywhere who are in hopeless situations and we're going to be able to impart hope and confidence into them. Say it with me, through the blood covenant. And so God wants us to enjoy. He wants us to then put him first. When we do that, he said this in Matthew 6.33, if you will seek me first with all of your heart and my kingdom, he said all these things are going to be added to you. You will not have to add to yourself you will not have to run after the blessings. The blessings will run after you. Yeah, amen. Now look at Proverbs 28 and verse 20. And let's read that verse together. Proverbs, the 28th chapter and the 20th verse. Notice it says, I can quote it to you, but I'm going to wait till we get it. Proverbs 28 and verse, uh, is it verse 20? It says, a faithful man... Shall what? What about, now let's ask ourselves this. What about a faithless man? A faithless man shall what? No, it is a faithful man shall abound with blessings. So if you want to qualify for blessings, then you need to learn what faithfulness is. Amen? Amen. Now lastly, go back to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, and we'll look at that in the message translation. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. Everyone say, praise the Lord. His mercy endures forever. Are you thankful today? Are you thankful for what he's done in your life? Hallelujah. Are you thankful for what you have? In 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6, verse 17 through 19, look at this. Let's read it together. Ready, read. Tell those rich in this word's wealth to quit being so full of themselves. Stop right there. What have we been talking about? What are you full of? Whatever you're full of is what you have to give others. So tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves 
and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God. What are we saying? Go after God. Who piles on all the riches we could ever manage. Now look at verse 18 and 19. To do good, to be rich in helping others. What does our community need? Our community needs help. He needs a church full of God, full of Jesus. To do good, to be rich in helping others, and to be what? To be extravagantly generous. Verse 19. If they do that, they will build a treasury that will last.